You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Tuesday, April 13th, and I appreciate you uh, joining in on the show today. We're going to start with um, some TCU basketball talk, and then we're going to get into uh, a really good conversation I had on the radio today with Jeremy Clark from uh, Horn Frog Blitz, part of the 247 Network. Some great notes on spring football, spring game coming up this weekend. So that'll actually cover segment two and three because I-, I thought all of it was great. So I'm going to let you hear that. But let's play, to start this show today, let's play the uh, fastest-growing game show in the country, Who's on the TCU basketball roster? Who's in the transfer portal now? Oh, man, who's on the team? Man, that was some of my best work ever. Okay, let's do it. That was my game show theme song for this new fast-growing game called Who Are You People? Who's on the TCU basketball roster? Let's take a look. A couple additions to the portal today. Well, really only one addition to the portal, and that's Taryn Frank. And uh, Taryn Frank was a true freshman this year, 6'8 forward from Sierra Canyon High School in Los Angeles. Um, A promising player, didn't get much burn, but as the season went on, it felt like, uh, you know, maybe he was going to become someone who could have more of an impact on the roster, he, along with Taryn Todd, uh, was pretty effective in that Iowa State game in Fort Worth where they are able to come back and get a victory when it looked like they are about to go down to a winless uh, ISU team. Those two guys kind of sparked the rally to get the team going again. So, um, Taryn Frank joins Taryn Todd, uh, who was the true freshman guard, a redshirt freshman guard from Ontario, and uh, he also showed some promise this year. He joins Mickey Pearson, Dylan Arnett, Owen Asarius, um, Kevin Isley Jr., and Jaden Ledee, Deontay Smith. All those players are in the transfer portal. Now, of course, they could come back, but I would imagine none of them will. And that's a lot of attrition from a team that wasn't very good. Um, this past year. And, you know, you can look at it one of two ways. I, I think, partly because I'm just not super high on Jamie Dixon right now, that it's a sign of a program that doesn't really have much of a direction, that these players, even though, you know, a lot of them struggled this year, you had a couple young guys that I, I like their game a little bit, saying, you know what, this is not going my way. I don't think this is, um, you know, a, a good place to be, so I'm going to move on. Or, I guess if you want to spin it positively, you can say, hey, this team was really bad last year. They're losing, for the most part, um, and I'll mention two players that have entered the NBA draft here in a second that would be really big impact players that you're losing. But for the most part, the guys in the transfer portal are either young guys that showed promise but didn't really come together for them, or, um, you know, some vets that, didn't get a lot of playing time and are trying to find somewhere where they can play a little bit more before their careers are over. So with that being said, those are the guys that are in the transfer portal. Um, there's also two players now that have entered the NBA draft. RJ Nimhart a couple weeks ago put his name in for NBA draft consideration. 
And today, Kevin Samuel did the same thing. Now, Kevin announced on Twitter his intention to maintain his college eligibility, meaning he's going to test the waters. And if, uh, you know, it comes back and they say, hey, you're not going to get picked or you're going to be um, a late second-round pick, and he doesn't like that situation, he can come in, uh, he can come back to school and he can go play at TCU for another season. I doubt Kevin's going to get drafted. And, uh, I mean, I think he's a solid player. And while I feel like TCU has not really used him to his full ability, the bottom line is Kevin is a throwback big man. I mean, he is a back-to-the-basket guy. He's not someone that can shoot jump shots. He has a really bad free throw percentage in his career. So he's not going to step out and hit a 15-footer. And in today's NBA, it's all about pace and space and running the floor. Um, I think the only way Kevin could really make it is if he was able to maximize his ability on defense because he is a good rim protector. He can block shots. And he could become a rim runner and pick and rolls. But I, I don't see that quickness and that ability to, uh, you know, roll hard to the bucket and and finish at the next level. So I imagine there's a good chance that he could be back next season. Um, that's just me right now. I, I don't know. I'm not keyed into the draft process. I, I look at NBA mock drafts fairly uh, frequently, and I don't, I don't see Kevin's name coming up. So we'll see. I could see somebody taking a chance on him in late in round two because the NBA draft is uh, really short, and round two is almost like round six and seven in the NFL. It's really more about personal preference than it is actual um, you know, game and skill. So maybe somebody takes a flyer on him. But I think there's a good chance Kevin could be back in Fort Worth next season for another year of eligibility. The other player who has uh, put his name in the hat for the NBA draft is RJ Nimhard. And RJ, there's actually a couple draft services that have him going pretty high. I, I don't really see it. I think RJ's a solid player, solid college basketball player. Um, and he's got some length and some ability to shoot. But I, I'm... I don't know. I, I think more of the reputable draft sites like ESPN and The Athletic, I'm not seeing his name pop up. We'll see, though. I mean, he's also a guy with some high upside because of his athleticism. So those two players in the NBA draft. As far as transfers go, TCU added another one today. Um, Damian Ball, he is a guard out of Memphis. Now, his numbers are not great. He averaged four points a game for his career. A couple assists, three rebounds, 42% from the field, and 27% from three. But he was a uh, pretty highly rated recruit out of Tennessee, 115th nationally, and the number 20 player at his position. He had a lot of offers, including Auburn, Texas Tech, Georgetown, Texas, Houston, etc. So he was a highly recruited player. Didn't show much uh, ability at Memphis. Maybe a change of scenery will do him some good. He'll join... um, Maxwell Evans, the transfer from Vandy, who's a guard, and then Shada Wells, the transfer from UTA, who was also a guard. So, clear as mud, right? You now know who is on the TCU basketball roster. Um, what it's looking like now, guards, Mike Miles, P.J. Fuller, Chuck O'Bannon, Francisco Farabello, Damian Baugh, Shada Wells, and Maxwell Evans. Forwards, Eddie Lampkin, uh, Salomane Dubaya, the Juco transfer, and then Harrison Young as a walk-on couple guys who have declared for the draft, R.J. Nimhard and Kevin Samuel, but both of those players could come back. So that is your recap on who is on the TCU basketball roster. We're going to hear from Jeremy Clark in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a great website, and uh, it's a great place to go 
if you need to know, hey, what, what part do I need for my vehicle? What do I need to make sure that this thing is running and firing on all cylinders? RockAuto.com makes it easy, even for someone like me who doesn't know a lot about cars. And, and one great thing about Rock Auto is even though it's a nationally known website, it's really a small business. Um, and they've been serving customers for years. And they've always been doing it with the same motto, reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. And if you're someone who takes these things a little more seriously and knows what you're doing with a car, it's also a great site. It'll let you compare manufacturers. It'll help you compare prices. rockauto.com. Visit today. Back here on Unnecessary Roughness, and I wanted to share you this interview with you guys because I thought it was really good. Here's myself and uh, Q, who also does a show with me on Unnecessary, Unnecessary Roughness this afternoon, and we're talking with Jeremy Clark about TCU Spring Football. Here's part one of that conversation. What are your expectations for TCU when it comes up to the fall? Like, How much better do you expect them to be overall than they were in 2020? That's a great question. I mean, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, they've got a, a lot of uh, key players coming back. You've got Max Duggan going into his third year as a starter. You've got an experienced offensive line coming back. You've got probably the best stable full of running backs in the Big 12 with Zach Evans, Kendra Miller, Darwin Barlow, each of those guys uh, going over 400 yards. And you've got Quentin Johnson, that receiver, that I think in uh, the Big 12 terms is one of the, the better receivers uh, vertical-wise, and, and and can pretty much out-jump any defensive back in the Big 12. Defensively, that's where you have to uh, you got to fill in some shoes with uh, Trey Merritt going to the NFL, or Darius Washington, Garrett Wallow. Um, those those are three guys on defense that made a lot of plays in their career. And luckily, they got a, a pretty good defensive line coming back, pretty good corners with Hodges Tomlinson down there in Waco, and uh, Noah Daniels coming back, who was injured last year, but. The schedule's going to tell it all, guys. The, the schedule this year is a little bit different from last year. They've got to go to Norman. They've got to go to Ames. They've got to go to Stillwater. So the challenge of playing on the road is going to be there. But looking at the way uh, they played in some of these games last year, played some close games with all the talent they have coming back, it reminds me a lot of kind of how they played in 2017. They finished uh, 2016 with a 6-7 and seven record, but they had a lot of key guys coming back. 2017 they surprised a lot of people and ended up in the big 12 championship game and i'm not declaring the frogs are going to be in the big 12 championship game but i'm saying don't be surprised if they do do make a run and make things interesting this year we got a chance to, to cover quentin in high school when he was down here in temple and uh, you, you saw the physical gifts then jeremy but it felt like it wasn't always consistent but he had a great freshman season at, at tcu how is uh, he building on that as uh, as the spring practice is underway now well, from everything I've heard in the spring, uh, you know, Gary's only been available to the media two times. And so you got to get a lot, a lot of information from behind the scenes. And, and everyone I've talked to who has seen practices have, have been around the players and, and talked with them about players that are kind of standing out. And Quentin Johnson's name comes up consistently. Um, it, the, the thing I've been told about him is he's, he's really had a great spring, um, showing his dominance that he built on last year uh, as a true freshman. And it's kind of – you look at these kids now and you're thinking, okay, well, they'll be on campus for four years. And the really good ones you know will be on campus for three years. And I've been hearing a lot of talk that Quentin Johnson is a three-year top player, meaning that after his junior season he may be good enough to where he can declare early for the NFL draft and, and be a high-round pick. So pretty pretty high expectations for him. 
and uh, he's he's going to be the go-to guy again. Max Duggan found him late in the season, and he was really the guy that when Max was in trouble, he'd throw up the ball, hey, go find your 6'4 receiver, let him make plays, and, and Quentin be, uh, was able to do that uh, pretty much uh, – you know when he was when he was throwing the ball so really excited to see what he can do this year and I think he's going to have another big season talking all things TCU right now with Jeremy Clark from hornfrogblitz.com and uh, you mentioned uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson earlier obviously the young man out of midway defensive back uh, how do you think he takes the next step he did really really well last season I mean lots of great plays he made but how do you think he takes the next step to be even better and maybe be on the same lines as some of those guys that are are headed to the league like a, a, a Trayvon Merrigan or Darius Washington even though they're safeties well, I I think he's just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg right now because he did play safety in high school and went to TCU, played cornerback, made the transition, played well as a true freshman. And last the last year, it was it was kind of funny because everyone kind of keyed on Keon Stewart, the other the other uh, sophomore cornerback they had. Well, Keon was hurt, but even in the spring last year, you started to hear Travius is playing really well. Then it moved over to the fall, and you hear more about Travius playing really well that he was going to have a shot at uh, being the starter opposite Noah Daniels. And when Noah Daniels went down this year, it really opened the door for uh, Trey to make some plays. Uh, he's extremely athletic. He's a lot faster than what people think. Uh, you know, Some people around the program think he, if he went out and ran the 100 today, he'd probably run a 10-5 or 10-4. Um, he's got extremely uh, good vertical ability. What I like about him is his physicalness. I mean, he's just – He's just a very physical corner, not not afraid to go up against the bigger receivers. And probably what's best about him, guys, is he's got he's got a great mentor to lean on to learn about the process. And in, in Ladanian, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're talking about a, a, a NFL Hall of Famer that he can go to pretty much any time he needs to to get guidance. And and uh, one of the things that's helped him tremendously is just leaning on him and and learning under Gary Patterson. And and he's for for me, I, I personally think. He's going to have another great year. Um, kind of been in and out this spring. Hasn't gone gone uh, full contact yet, but uh, I expect big things for him this year as a junior. And I think he's going to be a kid that we all talked about postseason last year, but I think he's going to be a kid that's going to get a lot of preseason accolades, and he'll probably be considered one of the top corners in the nation. It felt like that offensive line kind of stabilized as the year went on, and I know they've had some – uh, guys leave and, you know, TJ Storm and, and a few other players transfer out and also some talent transfer in. But where do you think that position group stands right now, Jeremy? This is a position group I'm really excited about. And, again, when you when you talk to people behind the scenes, you ask the, the main question, how's that offensive line look? Because if you watched last season, very inconsistent play. They, they didn't really uh, – I, I guess get consistent late until, until late in the season – I think their first nine nine games, they, they started seven different uh, offensive lines. So they really didn't have a lot of consistency. They didn't gel together. Um, but the good thing about last year uh, with, with players missing due to injuries or COVID-related incidences, uh, they they had a lot of people get experience. Um, one, one player I'm really high on is uh, Steve Avila. Steve Avila is a kid that could play center. He could play tackle. He could play guard. He's the next big thing that they're talking about coming out of TCU that could be the next offensive lineman to go to the NFL. Uh, they did lose T.J. Stormont. He transferred to Texas Tech, but you get a guy like Obina Easy from uh, Memphis who is considered one of the top tackles in the nation at Memphis. So we, we did a 
uh, 24-7 sports rankings for transfer players, and I think we had him as the number two offensive tackle in the transfer portal. So they're they're really getting good at offensive tackle. They, they did lose TJ, but I, I think with uh, Easy that they feel extremely confident that he's going to come in there, take over that left tackle spot. And this kid is humongous. He's like 6'8", 330 pounds. Uh, Matt Pryor, who played at TCU a few years ago, plays for the Eagles now, was 6'7", 360. And he stood next to Easy, and he looked short compared to this kid. Wow. So I'm really excited for the fans to, to get an up-close look at him and, and see how he plays. But overall, the experience up front is going to be tremendous for them compared to going into the 2020 season. This is going to be a, a upperclassman group, a lot of juniors, a lot of seniors, and, and the guys that just have a ton of experience behind them right now. Talking right now with Jeremy Clark, talking all things TCU here on Fox Sports Central Texas. And, Jeremy, from everything I've read, uh, safety Bud Clark is getting some shine where he's getting a lot of attention this spring. Uh, is he a guy that could be potentially, maybe even on Saturday, trying to show up for a potential uh, starting spot? I mean, I love Bud Clark. First of all, he's got a great last name. He's, he's perfect <laughs> in that in that role. But, no, honestly, Bud has been a kid that I've loved ever since he was in high school. When I first saw him, he came up. When we used to have these uh, camps where, before everything got shut down because of COVID, but Bud came up to TCU prior to his senior year uh, for, for a TCU camp. And I watched that kid, and I thought then, man, this kid is really good. He can play safety. He can play corner. And he's going to be a kid that, that they're going to – do really good things with and you're right he got a ton of reps uh, in one of the scrimmages because TCU has just been plagued by a lot of injuries a lot of a lot of kids that just for precautionary reasons they're holding out this spring so what that means is a lot of these second and third teamers are getting a lot of reps and for Bud I mean the two guys in front of him at free safety were out and so that meant he got to do first and second team reps and I think Gary said he ended up having 75 snaps in one scrimmage. And so usually when you're getting that kind of uh, repetition at a at a practice, you're you're gaining valuable experience. They trust him. He's got great size. He's an extremely smart kid, and he's really athletic. I think he's going to be one of those kids that he, he may not uh, make a ton of plays this year because obviously they got T.J. Carter coming in from Memphis that they feel is going to be a great addition to free safety and and obviously uh, Deshaun McEwen who's a speedster out of Jacksonville who's just kind of waited for his time behind Merrick uh, he's he's another player they're extremely high on but Bud is a, a guy that I feel maybe not this year but looking into the 2022-2023 season I think we're going to be hearing a lot about him. Part two of that conversation is coming your way next but first I want to tell you about betonline.ag betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up today and get a sign-up bonus. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Football's over, I know, but the NBA, NHL are in full swing, Major League Baseball as well. BetOnline.ag also covers awards TV shows and reality TV, if that's your thing. Real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. They have you covered. News. Scores and odds, it's the best way to place your ads or place your bets, and it's free to sign up. BetOnline.ag, sign up today. Okay, here's part two of my conversation with Jeremy Clark on Unnecessary Roughness, one of my radio shows this afternoon. Here's part two of our conversation about TCU spring football. Jeremy, last year you uh, broke the surprising news that Zach Evans was enrolled in in classes at TCU and was going to play there. And uh, I know as the year went on, he got more and more carries. You mentioned earlier that this is a really talented running back room. Do, do you feel like Zach is 
the guy that can kind of take the reins there as, as the main lead back, or, or do you think it's going to be kind of a, a mix and match situation like it was last season? Well, uh, I, I think with the the good running backs they have, they're going to try to get everyone involved. But I will say this. Zach didn't play a whole lot last year early in the season because either through COVID or close contact, wasn't really able to get out there and practice. A lot of fans were going crazy. How is Zach Evans not seeing the field? Why are we wasting this five-star? He's going to transfer. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that was out of his control. I mean, if you're not practicing, you're not going to be able to see the field. And with TCU, they want their running backs to be versatile enough. It's not just about – how you carry the football it's can you carry the football can you catch the football can you block on blitzes do you know every one of your assignments and that's one of the things Zach didn't really have early in the year as we got toward later in the year when he was practicing more getting more repetitions in practice we started to see him uh the last three games he rushed for 100 yards in two of those games and we all saw flashes I mean he averaged seven almost eight yards per carry last year and we the, the people that watched him in high school know ex- how extremely talented he is. He's got great size. He's got speed. He's the fastest running back on the roster. I, I personally feel that even though they, they will try to get each one of their running backs, because they feel like they have five running backs that can do something for their team. I feel like all those guys will be involved, but there's going to be someone that's going to break away and lead the lead the charge and carries and I think Zach's going to be that guy I just really do because when you look at his overall skill set what he can do with the football and just the difference he can be in explosive plays he's the guy that they have on that roster that is unlike anyone else so I, I personally feel that Zach's going to kind of have a breakout year this year talking all things TCU right now with Jeremy Clark from hornfrogblitz.com and Jeremy just got a couple more questions for you as far as this Saturday spring game what will you be looking for in it uh scholarship players actually i mean they got so many walk-ons in different (laughs) spots i mean it's defensively when we talked to gary last week they had um basically their starting three linebackers are out their starting two corners are out uh two of their starting safeties are out really the only position that's healthy for them defensively is along the defensive line at defensive end and O'Shawn Mathis and Kari Coleman are obviously playing well. Uh, the defensive tackles, I want to see the transfer. Kenny Turner from UCF. Um, offensively is where I'm going to be focused on mostly because I want to see how the offense gels, how that offensive line plays. Um, is there more consistency up front? How's Max Duggan looking? Is he developed as a passer? Because I think if you go back and watch a lot of his uh, film from last year, there were some times where – he looked like a magician throwing the football, and there were other times where you kind of scratched your head and wondered, is this guy really going to lead TCU to a lot of wins? And so I want to see how developed he is, uh, uh, got as a passer, and obviously I want to see the I want to see the young guys get in there. I, I'm I'm uh, fascinated by kids that enroll early, so a lot of those 2020 kids that are uh, the 2021 class that signed early and enrolled in January, they're already going through spring practice. Um, DJ Rogers, who goes by DeAndre now, he was a four-star tight end out of Washington in the 2020 class. I've had so many people talk to me about how athletic he is as a tight end, H-back type. Um, Even Gary Patterson comes on there and says he's playing really well. And I'm excited to see what he's going to look like and what kind of plays he's going to make because they've got to replace Pro Wells. They've got to replace Artavius Lynn, key guys that were were kind of uh, bigger players for – 
TCU at the tight end position. That TCU really hasn't been known as a program that uses the tight end, but those two guys somehow were were able to uh, get involved in the offense. And I want to see how involved this Rogers kid is going to be. But it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's for me. I just love going out there and seeing the football players, football. And it, just football in person for me is just a great thing, right. especially in these times. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for most fans, it's going to be a, you know, a whole lot of scripted plays. And you're probably probably going to see a lot of players that you really don't know a whole lot about right now just because there are so many players that will be missing. Jeremy, the, the Chandler Moore situation, I, I know there's a, kind of a feud between Oklahoma and TCU fan base right now. Do you think in the end this kind of works itself out or are we still talking about this as – as uh, a couple months down the road as, as fall approaches? I was waiting for this question. I, I'll be honest. I, <laughs> you, you guys disappointed me. You took so long to ask this. No, I mean, in all seriousness, guys, I, I think uh, I think it's getting blown a little, little bit out of proportion um, um, by some folks. I, I really don't think it's as big as people think it is. I know Gary and Lincoln have had conversations about it. And I think in the end, it's, it's going to – come down to Chandler being able to play if you look at the NCAA rule they're looking at eliminating that uh, transfer rule rule where they have to sit for a year and then the ACC has already gone forward and, and made it to where you don't have to sit a year I think the Big 12 will pro- probably follow suit and once that all comes to, to happen it, I, I think it's not even going to be talked about anymore you're just going to go on about your business Chandler Morris is going to be out there and for TCU, I mean, it's good for them because he's he's had a really good spring. Um, he's not ready to unseat Max Duggan yet, but um, when you have another quality guy like that that can throw the football, people talk about how accurate he is and um, how good he runs the offense, and, and that's a big thing because if you have Max Duggan go down, you have someone right there ready to take in the reins and, and lead that offense. But I think by the time August rolls around, we, we'll, we'll have a story about it. Big 12's eliminating the rule where you have to sit for a year when you transfer, and Chandler Morris is going to be trotting out there at you know, some point early in the season. And there it will be, and there it will be. And, Jeremy, before I let you go, i got to ask you a question about the guys that are headed to the NFL. Uh, for anyone who may not know, uh, Trayvon Merrick, uh, Ardarius Washington, what are NFL teams getting in those two guys when they select them at the end of April? Man, you know, two really good players. Trey is – if you if you spend five minutes talking to Trey, you can't help but root for the guy. I mean, he is one of the best kids. I've been doing this for 16 years. Um, one of the one of the best kids I've ever met. He's just so humble about his abilities. I'm very grateful for uh, you know what TCU has done for him and, and developed him. He's extremely smart. I mean, you talk about a smart player. Any any time a freshman can get in there on defense at safety for Gary Patterson, you know, smart. And that's what that's that's a guy that was able to do that. Um, they recruited him out of Smithson Valley. He played mostly corner and, and was kind of a utility back for them. They saw the athleticism and it transitioned to him playing safety. He's a big kid. Obviously, he uh, he was battling a, a back issue during the pro day, so he didn't run as fast as he as he wanted to, but he still ran around a four or five, and uh, that's that's pretty good for him. And, and I think he's even faster than what that time indicated. But just because he's so smart, he's got great, uh, great ball awareness, and he's just going to make a ton of plays wherever he goes. Our Darius, I mean, you talk about a guy that plays way above his size. He is another kid that's very smart, um, overcomes the lack of size with, with his uh, uh, ball awareness. I mean, the, you talk about a guy that just has a nose for the f- football, it's him. 
he he's usually not in the wrong place. He's extremely smart, and you could tell he was going to be a great player as soon as he hit the field as a retro freshman because he comes in there and everyone's kind of like, why wasn't this kid playing before? Because he just t- kept making play after play after play, and it's great for him because he's he's proved a lot of doubters wrong. Not a lot of people go to the NFL that are around five eight, 180 pounds, especially at safety. But um, I think he'll he'll find a role somewhere, whether it's being special teams or whether in nickel situations. But the fact we're even talking about a kid that that's that is his size and having a chance. Not we're not talking about a kid that's going to be a seventh round or maybe a free agent. There's right. some there's some drafts out there that feel like he's a mid mid uh, round guy. So. Props to him for going out there and making plays, and it's just another feather in the cap for uh, Gary Patterson and his staff being able to develop those players and get them to the next level. There he is, Jeremy Clark, the man. He writes for 247 Sports, and I would highly encourage you get a subscription to that site if you love TCU athletics. That'll do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.